How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. Welcome back to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad Costanzo. And today I'm going to continue on a uh, conversational thread that uh, started in a podcast episode um, just a few previous episodes ago, or as we call them here on Bacon Wrapped Business, episizzles, because they're just too hot. And uh, if you've heard the episode with Andrew Henderson from Nomad Capitalist, this is a perfect segue because what Andrew and I talked about is the possibilities and the benefits of sometimes just living abroad and moving away and stru- structuring your life and your business elsewhere and going where you're treated best. And in this world of increasing uh, ability to work remote, more and more people are understanding that you know, they're not stuck in one place. And if you're not stuck in one place, you can kind of like start to just pick the place that you want to be. Granted, at this time in 20, early 2021, it is, you know, there are still some travel restrictions, pandemic related, but those are starting to go away and options are opening up. And today I invited a guest on the show who's going to talk about what it's like to live and invest internationally, especially as it revolves around real estate. So Ronan McMahon is the found, I, I want to say you're the, fa- hopefully you're the founder, but also the owner of uh, internationalliving.com. <laughs> founder of, of Real Estate Trend Alert. And real Estate Interna- Trend Alert. Okay, so in, International Living is my publisher. Publisher. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That, I wanted to you know, find out about that. And so Real Estate Trend Alert is something that I personally am a paid subscribing member to, where he'll explain how they bring uh, really interesting international um, real estate deals to their members. And I want to just dive in to a conversation that I would want to have about Ronan anyway, because this is an area that my wife and I are exploring international living destinations, whether it's for investment, part-time living, long-term living, et cetera. And I can't think of anybody better to have on the show than Ronan. So Ronan, welcome to Bacon Wrap Business. Wow. Thanks, Brad. Uh, Absolute pleasure to be here. So you're down in Cabo right now. I'm down in Cabo right now. Um, I've just turned on the aircon, which is just kind of indicating that it's about my time of year to think about moving on from Cabo. So I, I <laughs> yeah, when you have to turn on the air conditioner, yeah, right? yeah, that's 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 my big push. Yeah. So I, I I winter in Cabo. I spend the kind of midsummer in Ireland, and then I'm in kind of Portugal on 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 either end of it. So I kind of work my life and my business around those three bases. Fantastic. So go into a little bit, like give the, uh, give the folks an overview of what real estate trend alert is. I mean, I'm, I'm a subscriber, so I could give them my words, but I'd love to hear it from your, from the horse's mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Brad, what what we do is me along with my, my small team, we travel the world in search of real estate investment opportunities for profit. So we look to identify places where something big is happening or set to happen, put boots on the ground, see if there's an opportunity to, to profit, and then 
to recommend actionable deals that fit within that overall strategy. So, you know, for, for example, I know Tulum is a place that's very close to your heart and you'll be visiting again soon. You know, that's a place that's been on my radar for well, well over a decade now. The, the big idea there is the path of progress that's been rolling along the Caribbean from, from Cancun. You know, it hits the Siancan biosphere. So you've got that kind of supply bottleneck coming in the form of a form of a national park. So that's the, the big idea. The play we've identified and have been recommending is to buy um, condos there, buy them pre-construction with members only discounts, and then make them available primarily for short-term rental. But lately, the way the market has flipped long-term has also become extremely, extremely compelling. So, you know, we, we identify opportunities that can be part of a big kind of macro development trend, but then also in certain moments at certain times, we find really exciting crisis opportunities. So the example there is, you know, Europe in 2011, 13 and 15 post the the, the, the last crisis, you know, there we were able to buy condos in, in Spain for 20% of pre-crisis pricing. So, you know, the, the world is such a vast and complex place. You know, if you're mobile, um, if you're mobile, if you're willing to travel, if you're willing to put boots on the ground, to put in the legwork, there's, there's opportunity to be found somewhere always, you know, no matter what's happening. Right. Now, so you primarily deal with uh, developers. And so you're, you're working out deals for these pre-development um, things as well. Do you, do you also uh, find many deals that have to do like that are already pre-built, ready to move in, ready to, to yes. buy now? So yes, but to a lesser extent. So the, the thing is that at Rita, we kind of club together with our buying power. So yes. So I have much more negotiating power when I'm talking to a developer who's got three or 400 units than a random individual who, who has one unit. So yeah. the kind of the, the, the economics of the business model makes sense when there's a big volume of relatively homogenous inventory. So there's two scenarios where that can happen. A developer can have that inventory pre-development pre or a bank or a developer can have that completed inventory. Generally, if it's completed inventory for our kind of for our negotiations and our discounting to work, it comes from a bank. So we talk to a bank and you know, a bank who's foreclosed on a project or a community, and we come in and, and make a deal with, with, with the bank. Then I guess also in, in the kind of the broad mix of Rita, I have what I call flash alerts, which is just these one-off deals across my desk. It's in a place that I know I may, I may not necessarily have visited the, the, the property, but, it, but I know the location, I know the people involved, and I write it up and send it out. So for example, you know, just today, uh, uh, just an incredible home in outside of San Juan del Sur in Nicaragua across my desk, just a, a kind of a dream mansion perched on a hill above a beautiful surf break and beach. It's all stunning and it can be bought for 280 grand. So, oh, wow. you know, it's just, a mansion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so these are the type of kind of 
one-off situations where you've got a motivated seller, often where you maybe have kind of crisis laden on crisis, which is unfortunately the situation with, with Nicaragua at the moment. So it's, it's a broad mix, you know, I guess at the, the end of the day for, for a core RITA deal, the, the, the primary criteria is, can we expect to double our money here um, within five years. So if, if, if I expect that we can double our cash invested within five years, it, it cuts the RETA muster as, as a deal. But also kind of post-COVID, I've developed kind of like another track within, within RETA, which is just incredibly inexpensive homes in stunning locales you know th this idea that there's there's not just the making money side of the equation but there's your your cost base side of the equation and i mean you can go to to rural france and you can find a you know a beautiful country cottage for a hundred thousand dollars um just incredible values with really really low costs of living and it's just the the other side of the equation that maybe some people you know this was in the wake of the wake of the crisis where people were really really fearful about how you know how how things were going to go for them um, right now i and what I, I know i'm on that um that newsletter as well something about a dream home um what is the it's either the, the, uh, the Instagram site, your chief. Yeah, the Instagram one. Yeah. So, I mean, I set up just literally just a year ago, um, like internally within within my business, we had a Slack thread called uh, called Property Porn, where basically we, <laughs> we just shoot up like these really cool properties that we all, you know, we're all into this stuff. And then I thought, geez, you know, why don't I just put these up on put these up on Instagram? So you just started putting them up on Instagram and the thing just blew up. You know, it got to kind of 250,000 subscribers very, very fast, pretty much all organically. Wow. Um, then something, then I moved from Ireland and I think we did something that messed with the algorithm, but our organic search just seemed, our organic growth just seemed to completely stall. I think the the algorithm thought something happened anyway. Yeah. So the, the, the organic growth just stalled, but it was just incredible just to see the kind of the appetite and the, the, the desire for that. I, I, lo I love that. It's remind me the, uh, so I can put it in the show notes here. So I'll pick up, what is the uh, Instagram handle? Um, your cheap dream home. Yeah, that's right. Your cheap dream home. Yeah, it's, it is fun. I like it. It's property porn. It's you look at it like, oh, I could totally live in that. Yeah, and um, it's like you you see these these villas and mansions in in Italy, and oh my god, it's like these are George Clooney houses, and you know we do a Mansion Monday feature, and you know maybe the Mansion Monday is three hundred and seventy grand, and it's a sixteenth century villa with you know it's just. It's just a fabulous escape. And the thing is, it's real, you know, you, you can have it, you know, I can have it. This, this is a viable option for us. And, um, you know, I think the way, the way the world has gone, the way work has gone, um, you know, it, it really is a viable option for so many people today. Yeah. I love it. The, um, the most of the deals that, that Rita looks at for, um, like locations, w would you say that they're pretty much concentrated in certain parts of the world? Like from, I've seen 
um, several in um, Latin America, whether it's Latin or South America. Um, you mentioned Portugal, et cetera, Ireland. Are, are there many other countries that you take a look at or are there certain geographical concentrations? Yeah, so there, at, at any given time, there tend to be geographical concentrations because that's where we found the opportunity, you know. So say, for example, if you, I founded Rita in 2008 and 2008, 2009, a big part of our focus was the Northeast of Brazil, for example. We just had an incredible run of, early in pre-construction deals in the in, like in Fortaleza the or in, in Fortaleza oh. and surrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So we, we, we were buying condos just right on the boardwalk there kind of ground floor as Fortaleza was, was taking off. And those were kind of doubling in value during construction. Um, today there's a big concentration in, in Tulum and the Riviera Maya Um the, the kind of the really the really successful resort destinations of of Mexico because the the short term rental story is is so is so compelling but there's also an interesting kind of industry dynamic which is that construction costs are really low in Mexico when a developer has strong sales it can be an incredibly high margin business here so that basically creates this much bigger pie that I can then go to the developer and say hey over here, we've got this community of qualified um, investors. They're standing by, ready to act. But it all comes down to the 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 the, side, the, the level of of discount that you're willing to pass on to to those people. What is the average discount that Rita members technically get over what? they would get if they just went to the developer on their own. Yeah, so in in the main our deals come before the before the the the, the retail launches so you know we we come in first and then the the developer launches retail but typically it will be in excess of kind of 15 16 17% to the developer's launch yeah. price. Um, sometimes it's bigger, sometimes it's less. You know, then sometimes with our bank foreclosure pricing, it is what it is. The, 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 the banks in some instances just don't negotiate. But there's a very kind of fun dynamic with bank foreclosures in, in Spain and Portugal, which is that banks tend to pay no commissions to brokers or they pay only tiny commissions to brokers, which is just the stupidest thing yeah. imaginable because all you have then is brokers running around the, <clears throat> excuse me, running around the place saying, don't buy a bank foreclosure. They're a terrible idea. Um, so that's a kind of an overlooked inventory category that, 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 that we, can, we, we can help people out with. That's brilliant. So if you have good relationships with the banks, et cetera, you can get access to deals that brokers aren't out, out there pushing and driving up the price on. Exactly. Bro brokers won't touch them because they don't make, they don't yeah. make any money. Yeah, I mean, money and, incentivizes people. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the you see the in terms of incentives with the with the banks and their foreclosures in the in Spain and Portugal, you know, everything is 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 messed up. You know, the the people who control the inventory are incentivized not to clear it because basically when it's on their books, they get to charge certain things to it. 
um, there is just no incentive for for it to be to to be moved. So you know you'll find. I mean, so for example, I've just bought a bank foreclosure in in Portugal in the in the Algarve in a community called Val de Lobo, which is a fabulous high end community right on the right on the beach in the Algarve. Great world world class golf course. And how I came across that bank foreclosure is I was out for lunch with with some friends. We basically bumped into a group of bankers. We just started to, who who my my contact knew well. We started saying, "Have you got anything, anything good floating around?" And one of them just handed us a bag of keys. I mean, <laughs> I, I something you not like. This is how it happens. Handed us a, a bag of keys for several buildings in Val de Lobo and a price list and said, go figure it out for yourselves. No and, way. And we went door, we, you know, we went like door, literally handed you literally, literally. <laughs> and I mean, they're kicking back and, um, you know, drinking the wine over lunch. And it's like, you know, don't drop them back to my office until after four, because I'm going to be here having lunch until four. And so, so you're able to pick up smoking hot deals on those smoking hot deals. But again, it's not shooting fish in a barrel because we looked at about nine or 10 properties and um, there was one standout. Um, I partnered up with with my contact because we were there at the same time. The the asking price on that condo, I think, was four hundred and sixty thousand euros. We got it for 410,000 euros. There's an identical unit currently listed at 850,000 euros. Mm. Um, we, because it's direct from the bank, we're buying with no money down. So wow. the only cash required is closing costs, which are about 8%. And I mean, do, don't get me wrong, we, we, we had to buy it without being able to see it properly because the electricity was turned off and just yeah. all the stuff you expect with the- But you got to see it a little bit, just not in all its glory. A, a, exactly. Yeah. And the, the, the good thing was that this apartment had never been lived in. So it's kind of a bizarre story that it was, was built, probably delivered 2008, 2009. And what happened with the, the run-up of real estate values in, in Europe in the, in the run-up to kind of 2008 and 2009 is that developers stopped selling pre-construction. They just got so greedy because they saw every year prices rising by 20, 30%. They said, no, I'm going to wait till delivery. Mm. Banks came in, lent all the money. So all of a sudden they're, they're delivering in 2008, 2009 and the buyers are gone. They're, they're, they're just gone and they've got these oh, wow. condos. So then the condos went into some kind of black hole of, of the banking system. Then there were these bad banks created in Europe and the assets got moved around. And next thing, someone else bought the assets. Then an Irish group bought them. Then they went bankrupt. So literally, this is a condo that was delivered pristine 13 years ago never been never been lived in never been been occupied but it's just and been kind of sitting there for 13 years just sitting there just uh, sitting there those are those are those are great deals to find though yeah I love absolutely that. Yeah. well yeah but the, those are those are hard to manufacture the, the ones that are easier for you to manufacture i would imagine is going out to the developers and going out to and i would imagine that one of the key things is finding reputable developers who are you know who've got a 
especially in Latin America, South America, because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know empty buildings and empty developments yeah, throughout. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah there is. There's so you have a, to make sure that you've got a reputable one. Um, but I love the fact that you guys have the ability to, lack of a better word, kickstart a development. Because if I'm a developer and I know that you come to me with, I don't know how big the Rita subscriber base is, but I'm sure it's you know tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people um, who are paying attention to this. And you say, listen, we can help you uh, get this off the ground, maybe even be able to sell it out. That reduces the risk for the developer. It reduces the risk for the Rita member. It reduces the risk for everybody. So I, and I actually, I love the, I love the overall business model. It's, it's, it's really brilliant that, you know, you build up a valuable list of uh, customers and subscribers of people who want this, and then you utilize the power of large numbers and economies of scale to go, you know, get them deals. And at the same time, I know that's probably, you know, part of the business model as well is that, you know, you, I don't know if it's a commission or, you know, how it is, or, but a, a fee um, from the developers. So it's a win-win for everybody. And I just remember when I saw this business model, I was like, this is brilliant. Ronan gets to travel to like these amazing places, like resort destinations and uh, negotiate beautiful deals and then pass on these deals to people who want them uh, and get paid in the process. So um they're just like hats off to you on that, that business model. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, the I guess br brilliance. We've kind of stumbled into brilliance, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that's exactly. So you start. Do you started Rita in was it two thousand eight? Yeah. So I started Rita in two thousand and eight. Basically, I had that this this moment. You know, I was in Brazil. Um, Brazil was just on northeast of Brazil. Are, are you familiar with Fortaleza? So I haven't been to Fortaleza. We almost went, but I've been to Recife. Yeah. And I've been to like Rio and Florianopolis, Sao Paulo and some other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you know the the general terrain up in the up in the the, the northeast. And I guess Fortaleza is a, you know, it's a major city of four million people. It at the time and maybe probably still it's brazil's biggest tourism destination and it's kind of a it's a regional powerhouse yeah. and um, it was just exploding because the northeast had been so far behind the south of brazil so brazil was on a tear and then the northeast was just doing particularly well because um because it was it was on that tear but also catching up with the with the south and you know i was investing up there you know there was just it was just a brilliant moment to be there and to be investing. And then I talk to friends and family, whether it's in Europe or in the States, and it's like, oh my God, they're afraid money won't come out of the ATM machines. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's, it was just, so that was the, the, the moment that, um, that, that, that I founded Rita in April, April, 2008. And um, the, I, I guess, in response to the opportunity that yeah. that, that 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 I was finding, and what, what um, was your business uh, before that? So pre previous to that, I'd worked with International Living. Oh, cool. Um, kind of finding scouting and finding real estate opportunities and then into from 2004 January 2004 to 2008 or 2008 I'd worked with international living scouting out locations for them and, oh brilliant so then and now international living publishes exactly Rita. Rita. perfect yeah. perfect you know some of the questions um 
you know, when it comes to looking at and thinking about buying internationally, obviously there's a lot of things that the average person just, we don't know. We don't know. Cause I mean, yeah. real estate transactions can be complicated just here domestically, but especially investment purchases, although less complicated. And then you go to buy in another country and different countries have different, you know, regulations and stipulations, et cetera. So I know that inside the Rita membership area, you have a lot of resources so people can kind of understand that. One of the areas that um, I know is always can be frustrating is sometimes lack of financing, you know, uh, lack of mortgages. I know I've looked at places yeah. in whether it's Mexico or Colombia or whatever, they're like, yeah, pretty much got to pay cash. Now, granted, that's for places that are brand new. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not brand new, but livable now. Like if you want to buy a yeah. condo and move in next month, you typically have to buy cash because there's not that many mortgage programs. But um, the pre-development deals kind of come with it's kind of like financing, right? I mean, you don't have to put buy everything down right away. Of course, you don't get delivery right away, but explain a little bit more how the financing works. And then I know that part two of that question is I saw the recent uh, deal in Portugal and the Rita member and you're like, well, you can get actually really favorable financing from Portuguese yeah. banks or yeah. European banks. So let's just kind of discuss that whole, like, can I finance this? What does it sure. look like from a, that perspective? Yeah, sure. So the kind of Spain and Portugal and much of Europe, relatively easy bucket mortgage finance is available. I just, I mean, I sub 0.5% rates now. In, yeah, that blew Portugal. me away when I saw I mean, that. My, my wife is a loan officer and she goes, that doesn't even seem possible. Yeah. Less, yeah. less than half a point. How could how could that go wrong? How could that how could things go wrong? That's a good point. <laughs> where's where's this going to end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, I mean, obviously negative interest rates in the Eurozone at the moment. Portuguese banks have just gone really, really aggressive just in the past couple of weeks. The the two mortgages I've got in Portugal in the past three months, one is for an apartment in the Silver Coast, and I'm paying 1.1% there. That's my primary residence. The bank foreclosure, I'm paying 1.7% on that. Spain and France, you're going to be looking at in the region of 1.7% of as well. So the, the criteria to get the mortgage, you know, are, I guess, to kind of sum it up, your, your, your income needs to be easily explained. So yeah. Bitcoin, maybe not great. <laughs> Rental stream from properties or from a business that's yeah. been, you know, solid for three years or, or more. Nice. Good. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. Even in Spain, even people on like US disability and, you know, this sort of income I'm, I've seen get, um, get pretty favorable mortgages. And um, in Latin America, of course, it's a whole different kettle of fish. So what with RITA, um, members-only finance is an integral part of almost all our deals, not all our deals. And this in some part, Brad, kind of ties to what you mentioned just previously about buying with the right developers, which maybe I'll kind of talk a bit about that too. Um, so with the RITA members-only deals, typically you'll pay 50% during construction and then the, the remaining 50%, um, there's finance of developer finance available. And that will kind of typically be at a rate of 
in the region of 7%, give or take, which, you know, it's, it's not low, it's not crazy high. It, it's, a, it's a good option to have because typically when you're buying pre-construction with these deals, you're going to be taking delivery two to three years down the line. Um, you know, it's, it's a great option to, 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 to have. But, um, you know, outside of that, you know, finance just generally isn't available in in Latin America or is so kind of expensive and difficult to get that you know you you know it's 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 not really it's not really an option but we get to so the developers who whose deals I put in front of Rita members. I mean, I'm looking for the best in class developers. I'm looking for the groups that typically are sitting on a very big land bank, you know, in, for example, let's call it the, the resort markets in, in Mexico and that you typically have a community, a, a group of people who built the hotels in the, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, Whoops, we just had a little audio issue with it. We froze here, but we're back. So Ronan, um, yeah, you were talking about working with some of these, you know, good developers to make sure that, you know, we can, you know, get the members yeah. only financing, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely, Brad. So the the developers um, who are the, the the groups behind the, the the deals I offer to Rita members, typically they're sitting on big land banks. They're you know they're very frequently the groups that built the hotels in the resort areas 20, 30, 40 years ago. As they built out their resorts, they land banked ahead of the path of progress. You know. In many instances, you know, we work with the, the next generation. So there may be the, 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 the kids who are maybe about our age and, you know, they've studied internationally and they've done their MBAs and they're very kind of clued in, but they've got that grounding of, you know, the, the, the family grounding of sitting on the big land banks, riding out the various crises that the world and their local places have, have been through. And those groups are very comfortable offering developer financing because they're they're not spinning, they're not moving, they're in all of this for the for the long haul. And I mean, if if you're if you're capital rich, you know, if if you know that kind of seven, seven percent, you know, that's a pretty good, that's a lot better for them than having money in the bank. So the yeah. right groups are very open to to developer finance. And it it also shows their long-term commitment. To, to you as a buyer and to, to the project, you know, they're not just looking to, to get their cash and run. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any, um, of all the places right now that you typically look for and do deals, what are some of the hottest, like for, cause I know that the two biggest things you probably want to look for is cap, both capital appreciation, but also rental potential. Because a lot of people I would imagine are not necessarily buying these places to move their full time, but they might want to spend a few months there and then rent it out when they're not there. I would imagine that's a big portion. Um, but what are some of the, what are some of the areas? I mean, we've talked about like Tulum and the Mayan Riviera is a super hot one, if not one of the hottest that I've heard about, but what, yeah. What are some of the areas that people should really be paying attention to? Yeah. 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 I mean, certainly I, I guess certainly Tulum just 
it's just been extraordinary just to see the strength of rental demand throughout throughout COVID and through, throughout the crisis. Now, obviously, it's been a, an extremely bizarre year in in most resort destinations um, because because travel has been has been off the table. So you know, Mexico has been the the exception there just because Mexico has been very welcoming of yeah. visitors from, from right across the world throughout kind of within markets, you know, we've seen places like, like Languedoc in France, you know, places within three hours of Paris, just rentals there, just absolutely spiking as a direct result of, 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 of COVID. But looking beyond, you know, looking to the to the return of travel, you know, these internationalized places that have been core to to the Rita beat, you know, they're just a, a, a wound spring right now. Just it's just ready to pop because these are places, you know, I'm talking about places like the Costa del Sol in Spain, the Algarve in Portugal, the Riviera Maya in Mexico, here in Cabo, where I am, Medellin, Colombia. These are all the internationalized places that have been attracting people from right across the world. They were on these strong growth trajectories. And now all COVID and this crisis is going to be is just the biggest accelerator imaginable because people are thinking the unthinkable. I'll tell you, you know, just even just last summer, there's there's a golf trip I go on with a group of my buddies and they're all kind of corporate and you know they're working in consulting and banking or professions and they they up to last year they looked at my life and they just like they, they couldn't understand it and last summer we had a, we had a domestic golf trip with, within Ireland and I mean two of the eight made a three-week trip of it. They brought the family, got the Airbnb, yeah. and they nipped out for four days. Everyone was working remotely. They were their, their lives all of a sudden were mirroring mine. And all of a sudden, it was just completely normal. And, yeah. you know, that is just a game changer because, you know, so for example, with with my condo in the Silver Coast in the, in the Algarve, um, or the Silver Coast in Portugal, excuse me, I think I posted like my entire mortgage repayments plus my holding costs are less than what the property taxes would be for that apartment in California. So it's a a beachfront apartment. You know, on my terrace, I see the waves crashing. Um, You know, I bought it with with a mortgage. My mortgage repayments are like 700 euro. Um, a month, my property taxes and my HOA fees and everything are. Okay, we had a quick little uh, internet glitch and uh, Ronan froze there, but we're back. So Ronan, you were talking about, yeah, basically the cost of um, living in this place. Yeah, exactly. When the world is your oyster, you know, there are just places that you can go where you can just cut your cut your living costs cut your real estate costs cut your cut your taxes you know so for example the the home i have um on the silver coast in portugal it's a beachfront condo my my mortgage plus all my holding costs are less than what that condo the property taxes would be on that type of condo in you know where you are in in california so yeah so i've got a 
beachfront condo, see the see and hear the waves crashing from my terrace, see the surfers. Um, my mortgage payments are 700 euros a month. My holding costs kind of top out at about 200. So wow. for, uh, for a beachfront place. Beachfront, yeah. right on the beach. You know, one of... I, I know you'd listened to the um, podcast I did with uh, Andrew from Nomad Capitalist, and I think I mentioned it on there, but it was um, it was maybe in this past year that I just had this this epiphany, and it was it's a very common sense one, but it, when it kind of hit me that um, you know I'm sitting around, you know I I do well, but it'd always be nice to know. All right, at what point could I just say? you know, how much wealth do I have to accumulate to just say, screw it, I'm kind of done, or at least I just only do what I want, you know, et cetera. And I was just thinking about, as we all do from time to time, mm-hmm. our our overall life, our nest egg, our wealth. And because my wife and I are willing and able to live elsewhere, um, at a, you know, live nicely, but in places that cost a lot less in other countries, et cetera. Like if I'm able to, if, if I'm willing and able to live somewhere that costs a third the cost of living than San Diego, which is mm. quite a few places. It's like, does that mean I just tripled my net worth? And it kind of does when it, you think about it, like, what is your net worth there for? It's there yeah. to take care of you uh, for your cost of living so that you don't run out of money. And I was like, you know, we really could get a lot more juice out of the squeeze. And my problem with like San Diego has spoiled me so much. I love this city, everything about it, the weather, the people, the scenery, the, you know, the topography and everything and all the things to do that moving anywhere else in the continental United States is almost like off the table for me, but moving to places that are, you know, international beachfront, mm-hmm. you know, cosmopolitan, just maybe even being in a couple places is very enticing to me, especially if you can do that live as well, if not better for a lot less of the cost of living. So that's that epiphany really caused my wife and I to start to open our brains and minds to what's possible. Um, you know, doing this in addition to having friends now who have done this for years and absolutely love it and say, you know, you don't, you don't really know what you're missing out on. Um, And I think that's probably the biggest thing is that this is such a lifestyle change for some people. Now, granted, if they just look at it as an investment or investment plus lifestyle, but for your business specifically, I would think that, yeah, this past year has just done more to accelerate people going, if I can work from anywhere, why am I working from here? Yeah, absolutely. Accelerator is the, the word, absolutely. And I guess my business and the Rita deals is finding international investment opportunities. And then this kind of accelerator is pushing people like you and pushing people like me as potential renters into these places, just fueling more demand. And, you know, I think it's it's important to kind of to parse out the the investment side and the, the, the lifestyle side, you know, so, for example, I have kind of very clear and distinct buckets about, you know, what's an investment just to make money, what's an investment in in lifestyle. And then in terms of where I physically put myself, you know, I'm absolutely not a tax expert and yeah. caveats and all that. But you know, over over about the last seven years, I've put together this kind of puzzle of just where to physically organize myself, where I'm just kind of weighing up the various considerations. And, you know, you've considerations about what 
what tax man do you want to be answerable to? I mean, you don't have the choices that I have in that regard because you have your worldwide um, consideration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> consideration. So as 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 a as an Irish citizen, I've got certain advantages in that regard. But I can I can choose who 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 my tax man is. Um, I can organize my life around weather you know I want to be always in spring-like weather I never want heating I never want cooling I want to be close to to family I want to be close to friends so basically it's actually quite a it's a really fun puzzle but it's actually quite 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 complex and it took it it literally it took me seven years of trial and error to put together you know first I moved to the the Riviera Maya in Mexico is my winter base but that is a place I love to spend time to vacation to hang out but it's just too too hot and humid for me to be working and to be thinking yeah so so then I moved to, to, to Cabo. I was spending more time in Ireland. I've condensed that down and um, taken Portuguese residence because that's extremely tax beneficial to okay. me. Um, it's not nearly as tax beneficial as other places could be, but I don't want to be in those other places. Yeah, you so. got to weigh the financial and the lifestyle thing. It, because it's it, not it, just it's not just one or the other. It, it, exactly. So I mean, I have a twenty percent tax on employment income. Um, in Portugal, if that was in Ireland, it would be north of fifty percent. If it was in other places, it could be zero. But I don't want to be in those other places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's a very fun puzzle to put together but I was just gonna say yeah at least the the seven years of trial and error have been probably more one of the more fun puzzles you could put together they've been a lot of they've been a lot of fun but then here's 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 the big post-covid twist is that in my homes I was buying um two bed turnkey units and then COVID came along and we do everything on Zoom. So now I need to find a new place with an exercise room and a studio. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a never ending process. Uh, absolutely. The, um, you know, I came across something uh, just this week and it's, this is t- kind of just a side note, but I just, I just remembered thinking about it. There's a company, I believe it's called, have you heard of Puck? Picasso, P-A-C-A-S-O. No. So I think their website is P-A-C-A-S-O.com, Picasso.com. Mm-hmm. And what they do, they just raised $75 million after like um, after like five months. And their whole business model is um, letting people buy, do fractional ownership of second mm-hmm. homes. Um, so for instance, I'm on Picasso.com right now for anybody who's watching the video of this, I'll share my screen and they'll, uh, here, we'll get a little treat, but uh, if you're li- just listening, you'll have to go there on your own, but here it's like the modern way to own a second home. Yeah. So they buy these homes yeah. for, let's say, I don't know what's 200 times, you know, eight, 1.6 million. And then they fractionalize it and, you know, and, uh, let people have you know, right to use. It's it's not that different than regular vacation ownership, et cetera. I was, I was blown away when I saw this article that they raised $75 million and after just five months of this, but I was always curious on different ways to, um, you know, different angles on this. I've, I've heard other stories about people going in like networks of friends, like, Hey, look, I'll buy Mm -hmm. a place here. You buy a place there. And then we'll kind of all, 
you know, share in it yeah. or people will buy properties together. Like you and I are friends. We'll buy something. You'll spend, you can spend six months there. Right. Well, let's yeah. say you could spend two months there. I could spend two months there and then we'll rent it out and share the income. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you guys at Rita ever like see people doing things like that or help organize it. I just always found it a very yeah. fascinating yeah. Uh, concept. It's- it's it's a very cool concept. So, I mean, you could have a situation like um, myself and my wife don't have kids. My sister has has kids. She's going to want to use a vacation home during school holidays. I don't want to be in a vacation destination at school holidays. So yeah. there's it's really, really complimentary. So we see it see it a lot it makes a lot of sense once the the personalities and the relationships are right and you know just to be you know people should just be very careful about just kind of documenting the the rules for how this is going to happen how... i would think that that would be the, the hard part is like yeah. wait a minute <laughs> yeah i want to use yeah. it no i do and you get yeah. into fights yeah. i remember just... years years ago i think it was like 2006 uh, a friend of mine named Dale was trying to organize um, doing something like that with islands in Belize and, uh, you know, buying them and then fractionalizing mm-hmm. the ownership to, you know, wealthier individuals to like, yeah, you get a month at an island. But yeah, uh, that, I hadn't even thought about that in about 12 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's an idea that, that we've been toying with for, for, for some time. And, you know, way back in 2004, we kind of started and then folded a, a, a version of it but it's it's essentially a club and this club membership gives you access to say you know you buy it in increments of a month stay in any any of our properties and the idea is that we create a, a critical mass of of properties in in our core destination. So these are the places that we think are really cool and fun places to visit, to live and to spend time. And say you would join as as a subscriber, you get access to the the properties, you get access to the concierge services, you get access to all the rest of our research that that, that, that goes along with it. And uh, it's, we we just haven't pulled pulled the trigger it, it makes sense. And yeah. I, I mentioned before we started recording that, you know, one of my best friends lives down there in Cabo, uh, mm. Carlos, if you're listening to this, Carlos, you, this kind of episode. Look me up, like, Carlos. I'm in, yeah. I'm in Kavira over there the hill from you. But he, yeah, cause he sell he sells vacation ownership for like West and Marriott, different companies like that. And yeah, I know that that industry even moved from in like the older days, like time, just general timeshares, you're buying at a single place, et cetera. And now you're more so buying, um, you're, you're buying access yeah. to the network of properties that maybe Marriott or somebody owns, but I could see by having, um, like with Rita, I could see, yeah, I could see an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, around I mean, that. we'd do it with our, our friends at international living and we'd identify those places that are maybe much more international living places. So, you know, sometimes there's an overlap between say the kind of the the resort locations and the more kind of independent minded traveler places, you know, Tulum is an example of, of that, but then there's a lot of other places like Chiang Mai and Thailand, like Medellin and Colombia, you know, these are places where you won't find the big, vacation 
clubs and timeshare companies. And also, right. I think it's, it's inherently a different experience. So, you know, it's maybe maybe those resort and vacation club experiences, maybe that's the gateway drug to our world, you know? Right, maybe- yeah, because like, for instance, you mentioned Medellin. I love Medellin. I spent uh, a month there, like Christmas and a half ago mm-hmm. and a week there before that. And I've got friends who live there and I've thought about buying there, uh, but that that's a great example. It's a more of a city. You're not going to see like the big resorts. You're not going to probably see timeshare vacation ownership places like that, but like, uh, let's say there was a penthouse condo somewhere in El Poblado you yeah. know, area or something of that nature as part of the network. I could see that really kind of a cool curated different yeah. experience that- to, to, to kind of, to, to make the, the, the business work or to make the experience work, you know, you, you need a, again, you need a critical mass of properties because, you know, yeah. if there's only one Poblado Penta. So, so our idea there is to kind of create nice but homogenous units in a, in a small building, but with really special outside spaces. So in Poblado, yeah. you'd have a really cool roof terrace. You'd have a cafe downstairs. You'd have workspaces. You'd have a library. And there'd be this kind of club vibe. So Nice. You know, yeah, that's cool. So where, would it be like... Deve- like pre-development or would you guys take over like a uh, something that I guess it just depends on the deal but take over something that exists and rehab it y- 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 yeah it, it would be either but in terms of the the pace if we were to do it you know we, we also looked at kind of leasing some existing condo hotels and you know doing them up so there, there's a number of ways that that could do it but you know the, the kind of the practicalities of putting the puzzle together again is that you want the critical mass of destinations to be to be there in place so if 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 i'm offering this club membership to you you know we want to be able to say yeah today you've got medellin tulum chiang mai um porto coming destinations are, are A, B, and C. So it's, it's a bit of a complicated puzzle to, 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 to put together, but um, yeah, you've, you've, you've got me thinking now. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of cool stuff. And it, just now, like, as we mentioned, there's this new um, zoom boom, right? Or, yeah. was, it, was that your newsletter who said that? Or was uh, I? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I don't think I, I'm not sure if we came up with the term. We probably didn't. But, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it was like, yeah, how to cash in on the Zoom boom where people are now just they're opening their eyes to all the different possibilities that never really existed before. Um, when it comes to especially in like the Latin, uh, Latin South America areas, you know, you mentioned Nicaragua in the very beginning. Are there certain places that just really quite, kind of aren't ripe yet for these kind of investments, like I've heard of different people who live in, you know, Nicaragua and have found like smoking hot deals there. But um, I would imagine that it's not, I could be wrong here, but that it's not probably not good for short-term rentals. Like you're probably, they're not probably getting as many tourists as like a Costa Rica would. Yeah. So, I mean, Nicaragua is a kind of a difficult one because, well, they had this really, they were on this great upward trajectory of just a fabulous product for short-term rentals just amazing vacation experience in in my opinion um you know you just get so much more of what would be perceived to be a stereotypical costa rica experience in nicaragua for a lot yeah. less and then there was the 
the issues in in 2008, 2018, excuse me. And then after that, you know, you've got COVID. So it's just been crisis on crisis with Nicaragua, which was getting its getting itself to a really, really good place where it was emerging as a as a really recognized, really recognized tourism destination for eco travelers and surfers. Yeah. And, but it, it was on its way. And I mean, it is just a beautiful country. I mean, it's just one of my favorite places to, to visit and spend time and the people are amazing. So it's really, really sad to see the kind of the hardship, the, 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 the next, the additional layer of hardship they're going through in particular since, since 2018. Um, so, you know, it, it comes down to, to, to niches. So even, you know, again, aside from COVID, even after after the the kind of 2018 crisis, the the market there was was starting to recover. In particular, for that kind of surfer niche. And I mean, I'm I'm not a surfer. I don't understand it. But I'm told that the surf there is world class and I've it's reli- it. it's reliable because they have these winds that come off the lake. So it's 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 world class and it's reliable and it's an amazing destination. So they they just had this really kind of strong market of of surfers from young to to, to middle-aged and um but so again it you know the 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 blue chip places you know just those places like you know costa rica's southern zone like the algarve in portugal spain's costa del sol these places are just machines because they attract people from all over the world from all sorts of walks of life so for example you know in in europe when the 2008 2009 crisis was was hitting you know interestingly shortly after that you had say the the arab spring in in northern africa so what did that mean that meant a flood of money from northern africa and the middle east coming into places like the costa del sol likewise with paris so these these internationalized places just suck people and money in no matter what's happening you know likewise with with right. panama city in panama when the North American market was really struggling 2008 and 2009. Things were rough in Colombia and Venezuela. So people and their money were, were, were moving to, to, to Panama. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I'm generally kind of very slow to, to, to back until a place has kind of reached yeah. a, a critical mass of that it would be really, really difficult to kind of to to, to knock it knock it off track, you know. And again, the the Riviera Maya in Mexico is one of those places, you know. That gets, you know, it had swine flu, it had the two thousand and eight crisis, it's got COVID, and it just keeps coming back stronger and stronger. And yeah, I don't see that anything negative happening there. For the, I mean, with the only exception of it just getting overrun now, like the only negative things I've heard about Tulum is people like, ah, it's just gotten so overdeveloped, yeah. so congested, like that street, you know, I'm sure you've yeah. been to Tulum, but <laughs> you try to yeah. go down that street to the various hotels. We took a we took a like a mile and a half cab ride and I think it cost us $30 because yeah. it was just bumper to bumper, yeah. but still love it there. Um, the, uh, you mentioned Costa Rica. That's another place that I've, I've heard 
like I've been to Costa Rica once, absolutely loved it. But I've also heard that, I mean, that's been one of the big hot spots for expats, like going back 10, mm. 20 years. And that, even so, that yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, I've heard that the cost of living has gone up and that a lot of the deals aren't there that they used to be and that people aren't really looking there as much. But I don't know, have you, what are, what's your, been your consensus on? Yeah, so I mean, I guess, firstly, you know, kind of in terms of when I'm, I look at very kind of specific kind of micro markets and micro plays. So, yeah. you know, Mexico isn't a thing for me. Tulum is a thing yeah. and et cetera. But so with, within Costa Rica, you know, I see very strong opportunity in the Southern zone. So this is the area that down South where, you know, up to 10 years ago was almost inaccessible or you could get there, but it would take you 13 years to drive there. <laughs> you know, the, the, the early development all came in the Pacific North, Northwest. The yeah. Southern zone was overlooked. Two thirds of the land is national park. It's all, it's so difficult to get any kind of permits for any, for water or any kind of development there. Development is really restricted. There's still opportunities there. I think that will stay really boutique. It's, it's relatively high-end boutique. It will stay that way. You're going to have more demand chasing very limited supply. So there's, there, yeah. there's an opportunity there. Outside of that, I mean, lots of Costa Rica disappoints me. You know, I mean, I was in Haco, I think it was just a well, I guess it's a, a year ago now. Yeah, it was the, this February last year. And I think we stopped at like a very ordinary pizza place on the side of the road. And, you know, it's like $40 for two pizzas and a couple of Cokes, you know. Yeah, it's expensive, it, right? It's ex like expensive by any standards. <laughs> it's not, by New York standards, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and Cabo San Lucas here too is, is, is expensive. You know, I'm here my time here i'm i'm living in in a in a location for weather and family reasons that 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 is extremely expensive or it, it is expensive um, yeah and it's not i mean it may be cheaper than some like living in san diego for instance but it's not you don't go down there for like bottom of the barrel prices and just living like a king for pennies it's exactly exactly and i mean those places are i mean in um, in January, I was in Chiapas, which is in the, the south of Mexico. And oh, my God, anyone looking for a travel experience that I thought is just one of the coolest places I've been to in a in a really, really long time. I've heard of Chiapas, but I've never heard of anybody traveling there. And I don't think that I think in Oaxaca, like Huatulco is a, yeah. like I've got some friends who go down there. Occasionally, have you been to Huatuco before? I, no, I years ago, about fifteen years ago. I, I hear it's beautiful. I'm I'm dying to 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 to, to go back. Um, so Chiapas is to the to the east, right mm -hmm. smack bang with your border in in Guatemala. Um, it's kind of indigenous area. It's very Central America feeling. Just the 
the place, just the natural beauty is just absolutely out of this world. The waterfalls and lakes and rivers. And, um, you know, it's, it's a place that I would have never even considered, but, you know, my wife who's Mexican has been saying for me for, for years, let's go, let's go, let's go. And finally, finally we went and we're going to go back again next year, but that's a place where, Oh my God, God, you know, just amazing food, um, like amazing cosmopolitan food from right across the world, amazing street food. And it's all just for nothing. Like Right there in Chiapas. In Chiapas, yes. San Cristobal de las Casas is the kind of colonial city, which is just, it's a really, you know, it's just, I, I've been kind of going back and forth as to whether San Cristobal or San Miguel de Allende is my favorite colonial city in That's in been on Me- our list to go to as well as San Miguel. Yeah, go, 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 to, go to San Miguel first, yeah. and then maybe the following year, go to, go to Chiapas. That's cool. um, San Cristobal is a bit more of a travel experience because San Miguel, you know, there's lots of um, Americans, Canadians, and Europeans yeah. there. And it's, but San Cristobal is, is, it's, you know, us as kind of English speaking yeah. visitors are still a bit of a novelty. That's why I love traveling with my wife. She speaks Portuguese and Spanish fluently. Yeah. So I got my little uh, translator wherever we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why I marry her. Let's be honest. Your <laughs> yeah. translation abilities. Yeah. But uh, no, that, that's, that's super cool. The, um, the uh, I got to admit though, the, the hunt has been a little bit over, not overwhelming, but it's that, feeling of i don't know what i don't know and then with like with rita like you guys keep seemingly coming up with new deals and stuff and i almost feel like i don't want to miss out i'll wait for the next one how how often do you guys typically release new deals to the um to the community because i've only been a member for a few months here right so it you know the, the 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 deals come when they come when they come but you know typically there'll be a a big deal maybe eight times a year and then in between there'll be these flash alerts or these kind of smaller amounts of 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 availability um so but pretty much every month there's a a meaty opportunity yeah are there any uh are there any upcoming as of the time of this are there any upcoming uh cities that (laughs) kind of like that, you, that you're able to talk about? To <laughs> Don't get me started. So coming soon, we're going to have a very, I'm just back from Puerto Vallarta. So nice. we're, we've got, you know, I, <clears throat> I put boots on the ground in kind of 13 different opportunities that, that, wow. that, 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 that I really like. Two or three of them will come in the in the near future. Some of those are as much as two and three years out. So sure, kind of yeah. two two of those are are imminent. But within the next few weeks, um, we'll be launching a Puerto Vallarta opportunity. We've got something big and new coming in Tulum. We have a a beachfront and marina community just outside, just in Progreso, which is just north of Merida in the, the Yucatan in Mexico. Um, coming soon again, a you know, fabulous project from best in class to developer. Spain and Portugal, we have bank foreclosure deals, two, two cases of completed inventory straight from the bank. They've been just kind of sitting 
idle for 12, 13 years. They're in wow. the process of being tarted up now and will be, will be released um, in the early summer. Spain and Portugal is just in the process of starting to reopen again. So a good chunk of that has been. Well, and those are the ones that typically have some decent bank financing, you said, right? So, yes, but not not always. Okay, so with with these bank with the bulk inventory ones, typically it will be 70 or 80 percent finance from from any bank. So the, the bank foreclosures fall into kind of two buckets. One is standalone properties where they may give 100 percent finance. Then if they're releasing a batch of, of inventory, those will typically go through a more conventional mortgage route which is 70 or 80 percent um finance so still 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 pretty good um medellin one of my, one of my research team is in medellin at the moment we've exciting things coming exciting things there which are typically stand which are standalone deals these are one-off sales for motivated sellers um, we have in Costa Rica's southern zone, we're, we're working on a, a, a new deal, a, a new release of, of Ocean View condos. Those will, our Ocean View lots, those will likely be after the summer. Within the next kind of two months or so, we're going to have lots in Uruguay with developer finance that are kind of ahead of the the path of progress so I'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with with Uruguay but seen you've, it on a map yeah <laughs> so you've got um you've got this incredibly glitzy resort town called Punta del Este and that's oh, kind yeah, of like, that. yeah, yeah yeah so that's glitz and glamour it's the maybe the Saint-Tropez of South America. It's where all the Argentines come for their, for, for their summer breaks. And it's, you know, so you follow the coast along there, the path of progress and development is going into the province of Rocha. It's absolutely beautiful. Actually, Uruguay really reminds me of Portugal. It's basically like a Southern hemisphere version of it. They've got the pine forests, the Atlantic really? beaches, just really nice kind of quiet, low key, really nice people, hitchhikers everywhere. I mean, even in Ireland, people don't hitchhike anymore, but in, in Uruguay, they're- No, we just use Uber now. Yeah. <laughs> Same they're, thing. They're, they're out there hitchhiking like it's Our parents always told us, don't get into car, don't hitchhike, don't get into cars with strangers. And now that, that business model is one of the biggest businesses in the world. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Uruguay, Uruguay is a really cool place, actually, to that, you know, that there, there are investment, there are investment opportunities now because there's motivated Argentinian sellers. So this oh, yeah. is the place where, where Argentine money flows. And, you know, again, Argentina has just been crisis on crisis on crisis. So many of those have been forced to sell, sell land or sell their Punta del Este vacation condo. Nice. And Uruguay is the one that they do have beach access. It's Paraguay that doesn't, right? One Correct. Of them okay, cool. Uruguay has, has fabulous um, Atlantic beaches right up to the border with, with Brazil. Right. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. Do you guys, do you guys ever do, um, is it all international or do you guys do ever anything in the United States proper? Is that just, not yeah, no, we, 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 we don't. Yeah, um, I, so. I guess maybe I, 
I would consider it if if there was a moment and and an opportunity. But the thing with the now, yeah, with, those... with the the US is that there's just so much competition. There's so, so developed, yeah, yeah. There's just so much money, so many people. You know, there's so much local knowledge. You see, we can go to places and we can we can kind of identify you know, the San Diego of the 1930s or the 1940s identify these mass migration moments, these, you know, new middle class, these transformational events. We can, we can, we can bet on not California, but the, the, the California of Europe, you know, which is maybe Portugal. Or, you know, well, so. you guys just did a Panamanian deal on, uh, what, what was it, like, Playa de Caracol? Playa, Playa Caracol, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think wasn't, I, I guess, some of the inspiration behind the development going to be like a Huntington Beach or that it, Southern California feel? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but very, most interesting, and thanks for reminding me, with this Panama situation at the moment is that basically Panama has created just this incredible tax break for developers and investors in tourism infrastructure, tourism infrastructure like vacation rentals and hotels and all that. So basically 100% of the cost of construction of vacation condos are hotels that meet certain criteria and is granted as a tax credit. And then the developers, our investors can resell that tax credit on, on a there's an open market for, for these tax credits. So basically it just drum, it just changes the cost base of development. They're just beyond all recognition. So that's why we at Rita were able to sit down with the with the developer of this beachfront master plan community and say, you know, we want savings of sixty thousand dollars per condo because we want our piece of basically the the savings you're making from the tax credit yeah yeah um, that's fantastic um, but uh, absolutely huntington beach the developer alfredo aleman you know his architect team the, the whole kind of inspiration the whole kind of original mood board for for their plans was was huntington beach and that's the the concept and the and the and the inspiration you know, that, that one's going to take a few more years to uh, get done, right? Because they have to develop that whole area. E, well, so, I mean, already within the community, there's about 300 units developed and yeah. there's restaurant and there's a surf club. And then for the Pueblito, which is the town center, that's going to take about four to five years to, to, okay. to, to, to get done. But th- things move fast there. I mean, it just blows my mind, you know, to see the pace at which stuff gets done, whether it's in Mexico or Panama, right across the third world <laughs> compared yeah. to places like Ireland and Portugal. I mean, man, things move sleepily and slowly. And it's like we're in Latin it, America, right? No, in oh. Europe. Oh, in things, Europe. Okay. It's opposite. Man, things just happen here at breakneck speed. It's oh, just wow. The I thought just, I, I would have thought it would have been the opposite of just like the uh you know, then taking the time. I, granted, I've got, I'm hearing stories from my friend who owns a couple of penthouses in Medellin. And he's like, ah, yeah, they kind of get to it when they get to it. 
granted these are private like subcontractors who are working on the yeah remodels yeah, yeah, of the house. yeah i mean they're, 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 yeah there is a big part of the manana but the big stuff you see just all the obstacles like i mean if you look at you want to build a new huntington beach up the road from so i mean can you imagine what's that going to take like oh. 30,000 years, you know, just that the time frames are unthinkable. The, the red tape is just, it's just impossible. And, you know, the developed world is, is, is all like that. And things are, things are clearer in, in these, these other places. Like, I mean, you know, in, in Ireland, pretty much anyone can object to basically anything. And if I don't like what you're doing with your home, I can tangle you up in an objections process for five years. Um, it just doesn't work like that in, yeah. in places like, like Panama and Mexico. And of course, that's not all good, you know, of course, in that kind of furious development, you know, not so good, not so nice, you know, bad stuff bad stuff happens but but stuff does move that's the that's the reality yeah that's good that's good you know we earlier in the thing we we mentioned like crypto uh do do any of these developers because i as i pay attention to the crypto world a lot of people are sitting on gains etc and you know looking Mm. to uh spend with that do any of the developers ever um you know accept crypto as payment or anything of that nature because i would think that with such a class of people who are now newly wealthy um that that would be an interesting angle to look at it it became a bit of a i'm i it became a bit of a gimmick i think maybe about a couple of years ago but really they weren't accepting crypto they were pricing things in crypto and then you yeah. had to move it. it it just seemed like a gimmick so i i'm not aware of it but i'm guessing i'm presuming it it it, it is happening but i'm not sure whether they're actually accepting crypto yeah well or- and I, it was also when you go international especially places like latin america oftentimes you're a little bit behind the technological developments of you know the the first world. So they're, they're, they might be like, no, just pay us in cash. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, again, sometimes they're behind and sometimes they're ahead, you know, you like, I That's mean, it's true. like the, the whole thing of cell phone rollouts. In, That's a great point. Yeah. So America's so uh, far behind the rest of the world in terms of cell phone technology and rollout. And yeah. Adoption. Yeah. Yeah. And you've places like Africa that just missed the whole landline thing completely. And they, so the, you know, the, the thing about the developing world, it's a very, very mixed bag. It's a very mixed bag in terms of, you know, I see situations in Portugal and Spain and Europe that just blow my mind in terms of just so oh, how arcane and slow moving. <laughs> and, and again, that, you know, that's so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't make any any assumptions because things can be a very mixed bag with with some things very very sophisticated in these markets and and other things much less so right speaking of those differences one of the things my wife wanted me to ask because she you know she's in the loan business and um we're looking at uh i can't remember which deal it was i think it was one over in the algarve whatever but and you mentioned it here is some of these places have like an eight percent closing cost now that's expensive compared to closing costs in the united states if you're just buying a 
residential piece, which might be like one or 2%. Mm. But is that something that is pretty normal in uh, whether it's in Europe or Latin America is like a little bit high, like higher closing costs as a percentage? Yeah. So in, in most of these places you'll have for, for Americans, relatively high closing costs, costs, but tiny property taxes. So in, in, oh, yeah. in Portugal and Spain, you know, the, the range can be like eight to 12 per percent, you know, some of them can be extremely high, but then your property taxes are almost nothing. So it, you know, if, if you're holding for any kind of length of time, it, it works in your favor. Yeah. It becomes a kind of a, a big cost if you're if you're if you're flipping fast yeah. then in in places like mexico it's generally around five percent so so lower that's not bad and then on a lot of these places especially the developments let's say in tulum for example um are the hoa fees reasonable or because i I'm, I'm used to hoas in like san diego and places yeah. like that but yeah. so that's obviously something you have to factor in i would imagine most of these places have some kind of an hoa fee yeah yeah so like a kind of a typical two bed two bath condo in tulum will probably be in the range of 170 180 dollars per per month okay um, that's not so, that's not terrible for sure yeah uh, speaking of that Okay, let's say you're looking for a property. Let's we'll, we'll continue on this Tulum example. Um, if you're going to buy a property in Tulum for a combination of like spend a month or two there a year and then rent it out the rest of the time, uh, one bedroom versus two bedrooms. So I've heard kind of like some of the people I've talked to, you get a little bit of um, differing opinion. One being that the one bedroom is might have higher demand because it's just like maybe husband and wife going down, and they just want to yeah. get a one bedroom. Yeah. Two bedroom, you can get more, but there may be lower demand. Do you have any? Do you have any insights on uh, what would be better as far as? Yeah, I mean, I'd have a big leaning towards two bed, but on the lower of the lower price range of the the, the two bed. So a spacious but not top of the range kind of range range two bed. So in particular now, you know, this has become even more acute with. The, the working from home to have the extra office space, you know, even for even for a couple, even for people down there for, for two or three weeks. But you just you just have much more options with the with the two bed. Yeah, I would think so. And that's one of those that we were looking at. But then I was thinking, well, yeah, I wonder if one bedroom would be uh, just easier to just send people through. But um, any place that we bought, it would be a place that we'd want to spend a couple at least a couple yeah. months. In and I imagine if you're living in Tulum or Cabo or some place like that, you're going to get some visitors. People want to come down and yeah, stay with you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, absolutely. that's having a one so bedroom is a good that, way to go. No, get a hotel. Exactly. That's your case for one bedroom. I got no room. Yeah. <laughs> get a hotel. Uh, Ronan, what's um, in your business uh, right now and with this, like what's a nut you're trying to crack? And this is where I or my audience has maybe an opportunity to raise your hand and go, I might be able to help him with that. And by a nut you're trying to crack, I mean, this could be, it could be particularly a particular challenge you're trying to figure out a person or people you're trying to hire a thing you're trying to accomplish and just kind of going, man, if I could just get this out of my way, that would be easy. Is there anything kind of on your plate? that? Yeah. So, I mean, great, great question. I, I mean, I suppose the, our, our business fits in kind of in, well, it fits in 
multiple worlds really you know kind of i guess one of the one of the big things that we've been trying to figure out over this past year is how we can kind of create really cool video content how we can kind of all our RETA reports and all that, that, you know, those have all been been written because an integral part of our business before COVID was, hey, we're going to, we're going to show you in our words what an amazing place and opportunity is. And now we're going to give you a way that you can visit as part of a members only scouting trip. Now, those trips aren't happening. So we're trying to recreate that in, in, in video. And we've been, we've been making some good strides in in that i mean we're i think we're making great strides but again that's a kind of a nut we're 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 trying to crack one of the the other big things that we've been trying to crack is that how to get better at business to business marketing so our our target for that is if you're a developer in the dominican republic and you've got this incredible project and you're looking for a group like us who will take up a percentage of of the of the pre-sales how do you know we're, we're we're there so we're extremely strong in many of our in in many of our core markets and you know my team is dotted around the place but you know there there's this broader thing that outside of our core areas, you know, I'd like to see more kind of incoming developer and and and, and opportunity seeking you out, yeah, yeah, and um, so and that that's kind of that's that's a tricky one. So we're we're trying to do a few things like case studies now, for example, in the I think we're looking at the Forbes Mexico or the big business press in 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 Mexico. So this is the type of publication that the developers we we want to be talking to are, are going to be picking up. And um, so it's 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 complicated because you know maybe you're usual maybe these people aren't on LinkedIn. They're they might or mightn't, you know, in, in Mexico, they'd all speak English, but in other markets, they mightn't speak English. So, you know, how do we get, and th- these are typically, you know, big international business people, sure. you know, so, you know, do we try and target the, the marketing managers and move up from there? And, you know, interestingly, one of my, one of my big ideas for how we do that is just to kind of create a, an amazing event an event where to bring all these people to, 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 together. So again, you know, maybe we try and make a business out of, maybe we try and make a business out of our lead gen at, at that level, because, you know, when we bring developers together for, for our events, you know, amazing things happen. So for example, at our last gathering, which is our annual members only get together, we had kind of micro condo developers from Sao Paulo in Brazil come and meet, you know, kind of the premier developers in Panama. And all of a sudden the Panama guy is saying, geez, I never thought about micro condos and how do you find a fridge that's this small? And he says, that's fine. We've our own manufacturing facility. (laughs) And you get all this kind of energy. It's that, that that's, that's on the margins of, of the purpose of the event, which is to serve Rita members. So um, that's That's great. Yeah. So having kind of an industry event where it's not just for the Rita members to learn about the stuff, but it's 
bringing in the developers. It, it, yeah, yeah. So that they can connect with each other and you make it a useful, you, you become the useful hub in this. Exactly. With the, all yeah. the spokes of the wheels. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense because obviously they're all trying to get um, any edge they can. And those relationships are huge. Plus if they know that you've got, you know, a bunch of people who are, you know, pent up demand yeah. for these properties, it, it yeah. even gets better. Plus I would think it, the more developers and the more other people you have from the outside, the more Rita members would want to come and just get. I mean, exactly. I mean, this is the kind of the virtuous cycle, you know, the more members we have, the more bargaining power we have on Rita, the more members absorb the more bargaining power we have with developers. Well, it's all about the network effect, right? Like yeah, one of the strongest absolutely. effects in all of business is, yeah. is creating that network effect. Um, the, um, and I would imagine it's not too hard to find out who the developers are in all of the places that you want to go to, because I mean, there's only so many developers in every country and that's probably fairly public information to get, to get who they are. I guess it's getting on their radar and making them pay attention to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's explaining the the business model. So for example, in, you know, in our core markets, we're very well known. And we have, you know, and even in, in, in Mexico, for example, everyone's only a call away. But, you know, if there was a new market that we were, that we were looking to target, you know, that, that could take a matter of years for us to kind of build that up. So it'd be great to be able to fast track all of that. Right. Well, I love the I love the case study model and getting that out, you know, to people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's direct market, direct response marketing, right? Yeah. 101. You get it out to those people and you get them to realize that, oh wow, this this is how this resort in this country, or not resort, but development in this country sold out in a matter of time by leveraging the power of pent up yeah. demand from these people. Um, very cool. The um the uh the it, the business model is amazing. The uh, I, I imagine you tr- you know travel quite a bit. Uh, so you, you mentioned uh, the members only scouting trips. Did COVID kind of cut those things off? Yeah, killed us. So um, yeah, I mean we're trying to figure out how and when and under what circumstances now those can can come back. But that was an integral part of your your Rita membership. And it will be once, you know, yeah. once they come back. And those are trips to the places where the opportunities are. Typically they're very heavily subsidized by the developers. Sure. So and it's a chance for you to go there and put boots on the ground and do your due diligence. When I imagine it, it, it is hard to make that decision if you've never been to that place before and number two is once you're there it's a lot easier to probably get somebody to say to sign up on the spot and say i'm in this is great because you fall in love with the place right um i know that's one of the reasons you know my one of the ways this whole thing like how i became a subscriber is yeah i was in tulum a couple months ago and two of my close friends larry and oksana if you guys are listening to this shout out but they were saying look you really need to start looking in tulum and some other places they in medellin um and so i started to say okay let me start exploring and i found an article about uh but i didn't know where to look or just start Mm -hmm. i'm just going i'm open to this but what the hell do i do and i'm pretty sure i found an article about like the hottest international real estate destinations and it was on international living and it 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 was content marketing 
perfectly played. It led in. Yeah. I read it. It was like, hey, Mayan Riviera is number one. Okay, you guys aren't dumb. And Medellin was on there. So then I read about Rita and I signed up and I paid the subscription and I dove into this. And then as I've been doing some research, you know, my wife and I were talking about Tulum as a potential option. And she goes, this is great. The problem is I haven't been there in 20 years. Like, I don't know. So, you know, we're going to go down in May, I believe we haven't booked it yet, but for that reason of, well, she'd want to take a look at it and, and get a feel for it. So I can, this kind of goes back to these, the importance of having the ability to get members there on the ground and going, okay, I get it. Like I could see myself owning here. So yeah. um, Yeah. Hopefully that, is able to come back. Right. Yeah. Shoot, I, I want to go on a members Absolutely. only scouting trip yeah. sometime. Tulum is a is an interesting one. I was there. So the first ever issue of International Living, written by International Living's founder Bill Bonner, was about Tulum. In uh, was about Tulum, and really? he went there. Like I guess it was nineteen seventy nine. Oh and, wow! Yeah. So I mean, there was nothing. Literally nothing, and he wrote this story about naked hippies frolicking in the water, and um, so just although that probably hasn't changed too much, that hasn't changed too much. But I mean, there, there, there wasn't naked hippies spending fifteen hundred bucks a night on a beach out there back. Now it's naked successful hippies, exactly sippies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it was incredible to. I went down there with Bill, and and Bill lives in Nicaragua, right? He, he, he spends part of the year in Nicaragua. Part of the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's a, a home in, in Nicaragua. And then Ireland for Ireland for a good chunk of the year. And then he's a ranch in Argentina as well. Nice. That's not, uh, a, that's not a bad few places to <laughs> spend your time. Bill yeah. can afford it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. And for everybody who's listening, hopefully you guys agree that this thing was a, uh, this has been a fun conversation and hopefully it's opened everybody else's, you know, mind and eyes to just really kind of what's possible. I never re- really even, as I said, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I found the resources that, realestatetrendalert.com, right? That's the website. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the members website. Um, I think for, for any of your, your listeners, if they're interested in kind of taking a first step, I would suggest going to internationalliving.com, click on the real estate section of the website, and there you'll find my my free my free e-letter. And so oh, there perfect, you can yeah. Go through the free e-letter archives and you know sign up for the free e-letter and once you're on that um brad as you'll be glad to hear we'll give them plenty of opportunities to give us money and sign up for rita oh yeah well it, to me it was a no-brainer because i don't even remember what i'm spending is it was it like 300 dollars a year or something like that I don't remember. yeah so there's a kind of a quarterly offer that will come in at about 500 a year or maybe you got a 399 i don't remember what it was but it was inexpensive for what you get yeah because all it takes is one deal to come kind of come across your desk and trying like i just thought immediately like if i'm if i'm at all interested in this spending the time and money to do research on my own is just no (laughs) yeah you know i mean the like i mean my whole kind of research and travel operation you know it's over a million dollars a year now yeah. you know there's we've a, there, 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 there's a lot to this you know I mean even personally I couldn't 
do what I do, even in terms of my own investments without my, without my team support, you know, yeah. it just gives that. How big is your, how big is your team? So the, the, the core team is maybe 12 people. And then of course that doesn't include all the external lawyers. We use all the external other oh, probably got lawyers in every country, right? Yeah. 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 So that's the kind of, that's the, the research team and, and, and then also the the team who kind of work on all the copy and on the the, the, the videos and all that. And then mm-hmm. it, that doesn't include the international living team who are the marketers and publishers for us. Yeah. Well, you know, and before I let you go, I, I actually was going to ask this earlier and I just remembered. So I've just started to kind of go start to see the process. So when a deal comes up and you kind of like, all right, guys, it's open. Uh, explain the process to anybody else who's listening. So you're a member of Real Estate Trend Alert. Um, a deal comes up in Tulum, Medellin, somewhere yeah. else like that. Uh, explain the process of when that comes out, what people do in order to find out more information and then potentially put it down a deposit. How that yeah, works. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so as much as possible, we'll kind of roadmap for you that the, the deal is coming, where it's coming, when it's coming, you know, that's quite challenging because right at the moment, you know, I've got kind of several deals that are waiting on a, on a final permit. And once that final permit comes in, they go. So then, so as much as possible, we'll give heads up that the deal is coming then for about the kind of the week or 10 days before the deal opens, we'll send you a series of reports. We'll send you a series of emails and reports that kind of each one focuses in on a particular element of the, the deal. It could be the case for capital appreciation, the case for rental, the macro story about the place, videos about the, the developer. We'll introduce you to to the lawyers and resources that you'll need if you if you decide this may be for you we'll introduce you to some of those resources ahead of opening so you can start to kind of get out ahead of of your due diligence then typically it's at 1 p.m eastern time on a tuesday we send an email which kind of summarizes the deal and says now the deal is open to act you inquire via a form and then you get a phone number you can call that phone number and either speak with someone or you'll go if the lines are busy you'll you'll get a call back then at that call you'll speak with a a reservations agent, someone who works for the developer who will walk you through the deal and give you the opportunity to reserve a unit with a $5,000 fully refundable deposit. So that secures your unit. And then typically you'll have a 15 to 20 day due diligence window where you decide if you're going to proceed or, or not talking more to the developers, your attorneys, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So then that's where you get your contracts. You'll go through your contract with your attorney. You'll pick your unit type. Um, you know, you'll, you'll just get the, the full picture as it relates to, to your specific condo. And of course, get your, get your contract. Perfect. Well, that's good to know for personal reasons and yeah. for everybody listening, that's, you can kind of see how this works. So if, if you're, 
open, discussing, even exploring the idea of living internationally or investing internationally or a combination of the of the two of them. Um, I've been really happy with what I've seen that you guys put together. Oh, it just kind of really, yeah, really shortcut the process of trying to get um, comfortable going, okay, well, maybe this is something we're going to, uh, you know, look at and, uh, and do. And um, now it's just deciding, it, you know, do we want to put more emphasis on investment property or lifestyle property versus, you know, one of the, one of the other, because we could always go somewhere and rent for a while. So, yeah, yeah. There's also a kind of a quasi hybrid way of, of doing it, which, you know, I do here with, with my, with my condo in Cabo, which is I live in it part-time and then I rent it for the, the, the other portion of, Absolutely. of, of, of the year. So there, there, there is a, there, there's, there's somewhat of a middle ground where you can kind of have a foot in, in both camps as well. Well, that's, that's more my wife and I's lifestyle. Like I, my ideal is to have about, let's just say two to three, what I would call it home bases yeah. per year. And um, maybe one where it's like a couple of months, a month or two of just, hey, let's pick something somewhere new and not have a own a place there, but let's just go yeah. spend time. Um, that's ideally where we're trying to get to um, in our lifestyles. So uh, I, I appreciate you providing the resources to uh, help shortcut that learning curve. Thanks so much. And the journey is, is a lot of fun, you oh, know, yeah. just in enjoy it. Absolutely. So if people want to find out uh, more about this, I will have a link in the show notes to international living in the real estate section where they can, they, they can sign up for the free newsletter and probably get some, you know, great information on this. But if, if this is interesting at all, just take the offer, check it out. Uh, you'll get a great education on something that like the trial and error on this would be really expensive to try to do it on your own. And um, plus you've got negotiated discounts at the other places. That's the other beautiful part. You're not, people aren't just buying information from you. They're buying actual access to off-market deals at discounts that they wouldn't be able to get if they went straight to the developer. So um, that's, you know, fantastic. Ronan, I really appreciate your time on this today. And uh, who knows, one of these days, I hope I look forward to uh, sending, yeah, some, uh, but- sending some money your way around about to a developer and an investment and yeah. uh, taking advantage of one of your, of one of your Rita deals. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll get to buy you a taco, oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a fancy Cabo taco or else a, well, a Tulum I, taco one of these days. I told yeah. you about the Valeris deal. We'll, we'll have uh, yeah. 12 flights to and from uh, anywhere in Mexico here starting. I think it is uh, starting tomorrow. And uh, I've got close friends in Cabo. I definitely plan on coming down there a decent amount of time. So I'll, I'll make sure to look you up and uh, take you up on that. What was the taco? Pl- I had a, one of the most amazing tacos in Cabo. Oh, I forget what it was called, but they had, the band was on the roof and it was in this little courtyard and it was supposedly a really popular taco place down there that my friend Damien took me to. But uh, anyway, I'll remember. I, I, I know exactly what Geez, I'm I'm blanking on it too because I got married here in Cabo and we it never rains in Cabo in November. <laughs> Let me guess, never, it rained on your wedding day. The storm rolled in the night of our wedding day. Now we got the main events on the rooftop, and the day after we were supposed to be doing a a a cruise, a kind of a party cruise, but the port was flooded. 
So, uh, that, so, so that was kind you're of like, so, all right. So, so, so we, we had in the middle of a November downpour and it never rains in Cabo in November. We had our kind of day after um, wedding event there. And I'm just blanking on the name of it too, but it'll come to me and I'll, I'll text it to you. Yes, <laughs> yes, please do. Well, Ronan, thanks a lot for being on the show and for everybody listening and or watching, if you're watching the video uh, version of this, thank you. If we have done a good job entertaining and in, uh, infotaining you, uh, subscribe to the show. And if you have any questions, if, uh, if you're a business owner and you've hit a plateau and you just can't really figure out what your next step is and you kind of like a second opinion, or you just like to uh, send a suggestion for another show topic, shoot an email over to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. And I'm happy to take a look at that. Um, as always, Ronan, thanks a lot. And I look forward to staying in touch with you and uh, seeing what kind of deals you drum up, especially on some of these ones you've got uh, you know, in the pocket. Uh, Medellin is... is top of my list, Tulum, and then Spain, Spain and Portugal intrigued the hell out of me um, as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what's coming out. So Thanks, thank Brad. You. Absolute thank you. pleasure. And I'll talk to everybody else on the next episode.